On your left, episode six, this is Get Into Geek Talking Marvel, all things MCU and beyond. My name is Mitch. Joining me, as always, Matty Gibson. Yo. What's doing? Should we twerk now or should we twerk later? I'm going to go with later. I mean, you okay. feel free to start right. and I'll join in. <laughs> yeah, if I'm, if well, I'm look, feeling it. We talked a lot of things last episode. Uh, we talked some castings for some future movies. I think we even talked castings on movies and characters they're not even talking about yet. But uh, we eventually got around to talk some She-Hulk and cover episodes one and two. The very next day, episode three dropped. We're finally getting around to talk about that on the eve of episode four coming out. But it is the only thing that I want to talk about in this podcast because this entire weekend... It's D23. There's Disney Plus Day coming up uh, as well. It's going to be a massive weekend. I've just in my head, and we talked about it on the podcast last week, about Disney Plus Day and what are we going to find out about these Marvel shows and what's it going to mean for characters, casting, whatever. What are we going to find out? This is going to be huge. And then I heard some other rumblings online they're talking about d23 i can't wait till d23 i'm googling when is d23 no 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 disney plus day is like day one of d23 or day two whatever it is it's part of d23 this weekend this weekend's going to be comic con 2.0 for disney you got to imagine to some extent (laughs) here we were joking last week they're not going to announce a fantastic forecasting of any description at, at disney plus day why would they waste it on their streaming service extravaganza no it could be happening this week we could be about to hear some big shit this week so i want to do something small right now talk about some she hulk and then catch up with you in a couple of days talk about she hulk episode four sure but then uh, we might have a uh, we might have yeah. a lot to go through in a couple of days. And is I'm I'm kind of a neophyte with all that kind of stuff. Is it going to cover specifically Disney Plus stuff, or will it cover the movie universe as well? Like in think, what they well, in what they could possibly announce? Is it free I for think- all? I think it's everything. I think maybe they'll try and keep all the streaming stuff on Disney Plus Day, and it's, it that's about Pinocchio as well, and Thor: Love and Thunder hits the no, streamer yeah. then as well. But then everything else coming, everything else Disney, whatever that is, because Disney is everything. Yeah. So maybe we'll get some Star Wars like announcements by the end of the weekend. I'm predict as far as Marvel goes, I'm predicting something, some kind of Fantastic Four announcement. I'm hoping a Shang Chi two announcement, mm. and some kind of Scarlet Witch solo project announcement. That's oh, that's shit. my yeah, top okay. three. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess there's, I mean, there's been plenty of breathing room between Doctor Strange two and uh, and now, especially considering it hit Disney Plus what six weeks after um, after it hit cinemas. So uh, you know, it's been enough time for people to wrap their heads around the end of that film. And yeah, um, doesn't it... doesn't Love and Thunder hit Disney Plus this week or something? Yep. That's it. Yeah, the 8th. So it'll be, I guess, yeah, uh, yeah, what, ninth for us. Maybe it'll be Friday for us. But uh, otherwise, yeah, it could... um, We're the 7th now we're recording this. It could be tomorrow night that it comes out um, our time. like just. So I could theoretically watch the newest episode of She-Hulk and roll straight into Love and Thunder. That might happen. That that might be your night. I mean, side note, we've been going through... I've been challenging myself to rewatch the Lord of the Rings movies, which aren't my favourite. I'm two down. I have one to go. I plan to finish them by the end of the week. My man. Probably not now. <laughs> if, that, <laughs> yeah. if that's the opportunity for tomorrow, well, Thursday night is an absolute wash. I'm sorry. And also you've saved the longest one until last that you're now pushing back, delaying it. Really? Is it longer than three hours? Because the first two have legitimately been three hours. They're, they're three. They're pretty much three on the mark. Um, yeah. Well, Return of the King, <sighs> I was going to say is, it's. I want to say three and a half. Oh, that's right, because it finishes at three hours, but then they give you like five different endings. <laughs> All the it drags appendices. it out to three and a half. That's it right. C- it's definitely yeah. three and a half, but it could even be three 
forward. That might be wrong, but th- okay. This is where we have some fun. This is a real side tangent from Marvel. I like that the general rule for the extended cuts is that it's an extra half an hour. And I think that is the case for Fellowship and Two Towers. It's around 30, 35 minutes. I think Return of the King's extended edition, it punches out at least 45 extra. I don't know if it gets to 50, but it could be about that. It's dead set and nearly audible sigh. Mate, one day I will get you. That'll be your (laughs) ultimate challenge. Where one day you'll sit down and I will say, you have to watch the Return of the King Extended Edition and Zack Snyder's Justice League. That'll be two movies and eight hours of your life. <laughs> I For every minute I watch of that, you have to watch the equivalent of Star Trek. Hey, I, I want to do that anyway. I mean, clearly not enough. You know, I'm not, as I say to my kids, if you wanted it badly enough, you would do it. Or, you know, if you wanted to do this, you would do the thing that I need you to do. You would eat your dinner if you wanted to do dessert, right? Well, okay. We'll work something out, you know. I mean, it it took you three years to get me to watch Galaxy Quest. And, um, was it only three, was it? I feel like it was longer. It was was probably more. It was probably, I feel like Serenity was longer. Serenity was longer. But, you know, we're chipping away. We're chipping away. Dude, I haven't seen Serenity. I've only seen what? Firefly. You lied to me. Then. I you never told, told me you, you watched it. I never you said I told I'd me seen, you watched I it. I never told you I'd seen Serenity. I said I was ready to watch Serenity because I watched Firefly. I punched out what all eight episodes of that show. How many? Thirteen. Thank you very 13. much. And I was like, all right, I might just give it a week or two to let me let it simmer and then appreciate the film for being a movie as opposed to an extended final episode of the series that I've just watched in like a couple of days. But man, I'd forgot. I'd like forgotten to the, even read. The film it up. was my the film was my introduction to that franchise. I saw oh, the film right. before the TV series. Oh, you know, Captain Chronology, mate. I had to go back to the start. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing we are watching, as I segue poorly, uh, live as it comes out. I'm still yet though to watch She Hulk the day it releases. The first episode took me six days. Episodes two and three both took me. Oh geez, episode two took me a day. I reckon episode three might have even took me taken me three days. And the problem with that is, and the reason why I really want to watch episode four when it drops, and I can do it because Thursday night footy is over as of this. It's done Brilliant. now. As of last week, it's over. I can only watch this show with the sort of preconceived opinions, complaints, or otherwise defenses against from the dude bros or the full supports on Twitter. I haven't been able to watch this show and just watch it and form my own opinion properly. I go in to say last week and all I know about is, oh, Tony Stark died so that She-Hulk could twerk. And I'm like, oh man, like that must be a real awesome bit of the moment, right? And then it ended up being a post-credit scene and it's like, okay, well this had to be a post-credit scene because I feel like it probably would have been a real detriment to the episode if you just throw that sort of tonal shift in. But it being a post-credit scene, I'm like, for the second or probably third week in a row, my my reaction to watching She-Hulk thinking about the Twitter discourse was, Really? That's the hill you guys are dying on? Like, come on. That's that's like saying, did, did anybody say, oh, Tony Stark died so we can watch an, a giant ant play a drum set? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, guys. Fucking. That's, I think then that's what I love about this episode is it trolled its own fandom. Oh, that was like, the best. Like, with all yeah. the, the, the montage of all yeah. those movies. It's like, 
And it's like, what other franchise has the balls or or the ovaries in this case to just be like, hey, guess what? Our own fandom, we're going to tell you what pieces of shit you are um, in a jokey, fun way that those of us who are actually normal, complete human beings are going to fucking find hilarious. Because that was one of my favourite bits. I heard uh, from someone else's wrap-up, some video I watched on the weekends, and they were like, those tweets and YouTube comments were re- like they just basically screen grabbed. They'd copied them because I swear I'd actually I read ones like that. Maybe not as far back as what this video was claiming. I feel like I had read these only a number of weeks ago. Maybe to the trailer or something. I don't know. Either way, you don't have to be all that creative to write the complaints that those people were writing about the show to include them in this episode. But I I did love that. I love that it's like even though were. Maybe it was all to do. Maybe it was all reaction to the actual casting of the show. Well, not casting, but the fact that they were making it about this character and it's becoming the MCU and all that sort of shit that they decided yeah. to include that because otherwise, how do you possibly include that as part of the show when a lot of that chatter is happening post I mean, yeah, a lot of it could have been from the Captain Marvel days as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, you fair know, call, It could, it could have been stuff they, they'd pull from there. Which, yeah. to be fair, like that, that marketing was a little bit weird on that one. But, mm. you know, they... They, they did a little bit of a weird way, but um, uh, yeah, I just I just loved it. I love yeah. the way they just like paid out that entire sort of dude bro um, right like wing of of mm. quote unquote fans. Yeah, and just be like, we do what we want. We're gonna yeah. do it. We're gonna have fun when we're doing it. Fuck you guys. Oh, it, it was so good. You get like there's a lot of people online too that are defending themselves. So hey, look. I, I don't like it because I didn't like it. It wasn't because I'm sexist or racist or, or whatever. And, and like, there of course, there are those people. Like It's not just, yeah, oh, if it, you loved it, it's because you're a feminist and because you're so woke and if yeah. you hated it. Like, we weren't we weren't huge fans of The Eternals. Like, yeah. was it wasn't our particular bag. I definitely, did, I definitely was n- far more than yourself or Emma, and I do need to go back and watch yeah. that. Because the more I thought about that movie, just a quick side note, the more I thought about it, the more I liked it, I think. But I need to go back and rewatch it. But you're right. It, yeah, it yeah. could be it could be a slow burn, but it's like Shang-Chi, for example, I had an immediate connection to like, mm. I've never dealt with that character before in my life, but that movie, I don't know, it just spoke to me emotionally and I just gra- I gravitated towards it. And halfway through the movie, I'm like, fuck, I love this movie. It's so mm. good. And as much as I have problems with the end of it, it's still one of my like most enjoyable watches and I can rewatch it and I enjoy it just as much every single time. Eternals, I was like, it's fine. It's not a bad movie. It's not mm. it's not Iron Man 3. It's not the Incredible Hulk. Like, I'll I'd be able to rewatch it. And I think I have seen it twice now. I think when it came out on streaming services I did rewatch it. And I was like, it's fine. I'm not instantly drawn at me like, yes, fucking yes. But that's cool. Like, mm. other people will be. Other people who Shang-Chi didn't speak to them, Eternals might. And I know you and I, um, and a, I think maybe Lincoln and a few of my, fr- my other friends as well, like, our favourite films are, like, Winter Soldier and Civil War. In mm. Winter Soldier in particular. And people are like, even Brendan is like, what? How is mm. that's how is that your favourite MCU movie? And I'm like, it's fucking amazing. It's so yeah. good. But other people <laughs> are like, it's trash. Like, yeah. that's the best part about it is... There's always going to be something for everybody. Like, don't don't yuck other people's yums. Just let mm. them have it and enjoy your own. Yeah, like I and I, I say that, and I, I defend the people that don't like it for legitimate reasons because there are plenty of because like for me this is uh, you know you've got to have a favorite, you've got to have a, this is 
my least favorite of the three so far. And I like a lot about it in the way that it's structured. This is more like, I think, what the they told us the show was going to be because they, you know, obviously it's going to have a through line. But at the same time, they said this is very much going to be a procedural. Every episode is going to be different. It's going to yeah. be about her solving cases and stuff. And and it very much was that. So I was glad that we're able to have a glimpse of that sh- of this show. It's nine episodes long. We're episode three, and we finally get that glimpse. Uh, yeah, I feel like this is the first one where we got the B story with Pug mm. and that guy that she used to work with and the shapeshifter, like in that court case. Yeah. And they even sort of hung a lantern on it when it's like he finally sits down at the bar and she like leans in the frame. And she's like, oh, oh sweet. They're, they're rapping in the B story. That was one of those moments where like, I just like, Mah! like I just wasn't expecting it because her head just enters the frames. Is Connecting the A and B story. Nice. <laughs> I thought that was just such a funny moment because even though, yeah, we know she can break the fourth wall and we've had moments of that, we don't, get a lot of it it's not like deadpool she right? does don't it get very minimally compared yeah, yeah, to yeah. what deadpool would do yeah yeah which is um so i just thought that was such a great moment because you know again you don't have to be insanely intelligent to understand there's an a and a b plot in a show but just to to point that out in a sense for this sort of show where it's like well all these characters it's it's, a, it's an ensemble cast as much as it is entirely about her uh or at least it's growing into that ensemble cast because we love her little um her paralegal and oh, we're, we're gonna learn to love this pug guy and well the other guy's a dick but we love to hate him and all this sort of stuff yeah. these people have been in every episode so i, I love that moment but um yeah i i think Maybe it just sort of threw me a bit because I really loved the Emil Blonsky stuff in episode two, especially that, hardly enough, in a comedy show, that moment where it was absolutely serious. Again, maybe he's bullshitting, and come on, he's got to be bullshitting to a point, but really where Emil Blonsky's there telling Jennifer Walters... I was following orders. I was following orders. I was trying to be... And he nearly crying, going, I thought I was going to be the next Captain America, right? And then they leave me here to rot for the last 15 years. And I was like, oh, shit, cool. We get to see him after the bad guy. We never see that in films. Either the bad guy dies or they get arrested. We never see them. Here, we see a guy who's claiming remorse, but also how he viewed his own story. We love Magneto because from the get-go, we know that Magneto thinks that he's the good guy. He might think that he's genuinely doing some bad things, but he's doing those bad things for the right reasons because we know what those reasons are. We know why and how he believes in them. Blonsky's like, I want to beat the Hulk. Pump me full of that stuff. Give me more of that. All of a sudden, he turns into a monster. I like being the monster and then gets beaten at the end. Whereas now it's like, no, no, no. It got out of hand, but I thought I was doing the right thing because I'm a great soldier. And then come this episode, we do get to meet those seven uh, soulmates that he talked about in episode one, and that's played <laughs> for laughs, and, 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 and that's fine, that's cool. Um, but even just the... I think I went into it expecting it to be more like what the second half of episode two was and was setting it up to be, and then it wasn't that. So maybe yeah. on its own, it sits a little bit... Um, a little bit better for me, but I haven't had that experience yet. Well, I think, I think you had that same sort of similar criticism for episode one in that, well, episode one and episode two, in that, it, like, at the end of episode one, it's set up to Tanya, and then we haven't seen her again since. Mm. So there are a lot of breadcrumbs they're dropping that I feel like you're definitely, you're wanting to pick up and run with those breadcrumbs, but then they're introducing other things instead that you may be like, oh, do we really need this? So... Mm. Yeah, it is, it is very hard to predict where they're going. So yeah. I would definitely sense 
like like yourself and other people having a bit of frustration. It's like, oh, how do I, you know, how do I connect to this and how do I get involved when it's like they're they're following threads where I want them to go. Like, I want to choose my own adventure and follow this story, but they're mm. they're taking this other one instead. So hopefully, yeah, and, and I mean that's the the double edged sword with a lot of these Marvel shows is they're you know the first you know eight episodes are fantastic and then the ninth episode it's like oh is that is that a week oh okay <laughs> so i i may get to that but at this point i'm still loving everything yeah um because it is just so weird and frenetic but in my brain i'm like well surely we're going to get some more titania at some point mm. i could have yeah i could have done without the the seven soulmates or whatever um but, but i mean i feel like it was worth it to be just for that one line where emil's like you're you're the better seven eighths of me or whatever yeah, it yeah. was, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like that's that's the, the whole thing sold it for me right there. So I'm like, that's really cool, and I do want to see some more Titania. But then it's like, and then, then at the end they drop the Wrecking Crew, which just blew my tiny little mind. I just I never thought we would ever get a Wrecking Crew, like a live action Wrecking Crew, because they are just the most busted characters. See, I don't know. Anything about them? The, the, I was only introduced to them maybe ten years ago when the Avengers and Spider-Man cartoons came out in like 2012, and it was a very MCU thing where they existed in the same universe. Right. So, um, and they were in, and they were also in the one prior to that, the the Earth's Mightiest Heroes. They're just a dumb jockey, like four big guys. Like in one version, they're just kind of like normal shaped sized guys who work for, like, damage control and, and are, like, clean-up crew. Mm. But then in another version, they're just all, like, these giant, thick-necked, juggernaut-sized guys. So are they kind of like this show's version of Hawkeye's tracksuit mafia? Yes. In a way, right? They're just okay. the most... Like, literally, in, in the cartoons, they, like... And I think maybe even in the comics, doesn't have any superpowers. He's just a big guy with a crowbar and a mask. Mm. Like, And mm. that's, you, you saw the leader with the crowbar. Uh, crowbar. I think in some of the original versions, this is staying true to the comics in that they did actually have like enchanted Asgardian weapons and that's how they became the Wrecking Crew. I've mm-hmm. never seen that because they've never sort of um, done that in the cartoons, but they're just so just dumb, stupid, like just filler villains. Like they're just, you know, they're the equivalent of what the Amazing Spider-Man did with Rhino, where it's just mm-hmm. a guy in a robot suit at the end that has no bearing on anything. So... <laughs> The fact that they bothered to do a Wrecking Crew live action and literally just went, did you rob like an Asgardian fucking miner? And they're like, yeah, we did. It's like a little fucking (laughs) glowy helmet and a glowy fucking crowbar just delighted me to no end. It was just like, oh my God. I read something the other day and and what someone's betting is because there was a line in this episode where Jen looks at the camera and basically said, Look, this isn't going to be a cameo show. There's mm. not going to be a cameo. And she's like, yes, okay, so there was the Hulk and Abomination and now Wong. And we know, and like, and then we know Daredevil's coming at some point from the trailer. And it's like, and then we've got the Wrecking Crew. And, I'm, and so someone's like, I think that's them like saying, we're definitely getting like a cameo every episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. there's going to be some kind of cameo. And I'm just like, I'm so here for that. I'm so here <laughs> for this show. Just like, like it's it's the antithesis of WandaVision. As much as I have it, like WandaVision to me is probably still the best Disney Plus show. Up until this, like I'm enjoying this, I think, almost more than WandaVision. Mm. 
because it is so light and dumb. Like yep. it, you know, it's a it's a woman who grows into like a seven foot tall green giant. Like you can't take that too seriously. So mm-hmm. it's like they're having fun with it, and I'm just like, I'm actually really here for this. This is just yeah. so dumb and and like frothy and frilly and stupid. I'm totally down for it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's where I'm at. Especially when I go to hit play, I'm just like, "All right, here we go. Come on, what do yeah. we got this week?" And I'm so I'm excited because, but I'm also a little bit hesitant because, as I mentioned last week, um, my wife didn't scream for it in the way that male Twitter. Uh, chauvinistic Twitter at the very least, not all men, okay, not painting us all with the same brush, but chauvinistic Twitter would have you believe that this is just for women, it's about women, by women, because of women. My wife, when I first turned it on, as I quoted last week, said, uh, what the fuck is this shit? And then afterwards, uh, and the head of episode two probably said something similar, this week <laughs> we went to sit down on the uh, on the Friday night or whenever it was to watch, and she's, ugh. I guess you want to watch Hulk, bitch, don't you? And I'm like, oh my god, is this like I'm almost looking forward to every week her coming up with a different nickname or a different sort of uh, I don't know some kind of payout on the on the yeah. show or the character to work with purely for the podcast. But um, yeah, so I, I think I go into it a little bit nervous just because I'm like, oh, she has to sort of sit through it, whereas I'm like getting excited by it. But despite everything that I that I just said. Uh, I like it's it's unfair of me. I, I'm not coming at it from a point where I'm saying this show needs to be uh, a, a one continuous story for it to be good. It doesn't. I think I'm just maybe so used to that with either every other Marvel Disney Plus show that we've watched or other shows that I'm currently watching where it is an ongoing story as opposed to being this um, week-to-week thing, which this definitely obviously does have both. But um, it still does feel probably more episodic than any other of the Marvel Disney Plus shows so far. Yeah, like I I honestly don't know if the Abomination storyline is going to last all nine episodes or not. Mm, Like... mm. Like when the when he first showed up, I'm like, oh, so this is going to be the big story through the thing because yeah. obviously Abomination has ties to um, Banner and all that kind of. This is going to be thing, but it's like, okay, well, he's already paroled now. Like by the end of episode three, he's already paroled. Mm. So as far as Jen as a lawyer is concerned, that story's kind of done mm. unless he's doing like breaking parole and stuff like that. But I feel like, well, they were so cut and dry. It's like, well, if you do, if you sneeze wrong, you're going back into prison. So yeah. that's fine. So I feel like maybe we won't see Emil now, maybe until the last episode. Maybe he'll come back at the end and, and we'll do some other stuff. Because obviously we know... Thunderbolts. Yeah, we've got to get to Daredevil at some point. Which we were talking about in the last episode. It's definitely established here. They're in LA. Like, mm. you know, when they talked about the TV show, LA, Good Morning or whatever it was. Yeah. So I'm interested because then it's like, okay, well, at the end of this episode, I had to rewind and watch it again because there was that the very last shot where Jen's like hulked out. She just beat the shit out of the wrecking crew. And she's like looking at her own reflection in the, the door window. And I'm like, mm. what was that moment? So I rewound it again and I watched it and I sort of looked a little more intent. I'm like, Oh, she's caught it now. Mm, she got mm. a taste of what it's like to be a superhero. She's got a, yeah, right. she's got a taste <laughs> for fighting crime. Now this is what's going to get her into what she thought she wasn't going to do. Mm. Cause in my head, I'm going, okay, well, it's definitely L.A. Is Daredevil going to go to L.A.? Or is Jen going to go to New York? And that's mm. where she encounters Daredevil. That's where I'm like, 
I'm just okay. trying to think of that one shot from the trailer, and obviously there were a lot of buildings surrounding the the, mm. the rooftop that they were on. But I mean, that could be somewhere in LA. What's to stop it from being somewhere in LA? But um, it's so hard because it's such a like opposite sides of a very big country. Why yeah. would why would Charlie Cox's Daredevil be on uh, the other side in LA? And but also why yeah. would Jennifer Walters working for her LA firm need to? Be, I mean, in saying that, it might be a big firm. She's gone to a step. They would have superhuman cases in New York, obviously far yeah. more because New York is sort of everything central in every movie ever. Yeah, could it tie into? The abomination, like if we get more abomination backstory, mm. is going to tie into, you know, him when he did his rampage through Harlem, which they referenced, yeah, you know, yeah, from yeah. the film. So I'm like, because because it's like Daredevil isn't, he's not New York's protector. He's like a suburb of New York's protector. Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. I don't really leave Hell's <laughs> Kitchen, so I can't I can't see him like he doesn't he doesn't even go to New Jersey. He's not going to L.A. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so maybe she follows, she even just has to do a case over there. Maybe she's up against him, mm. uh, like up against Matt Murdock, um, on a case or something. I don't know, but I'm excited. But, yeah. and then yeah, whatever other random, um, cameos, uh, we're going to get. Cause we also did get that little teaser with like the, the wrecking crew are working for somebody, which is yes, pretty obvious, yeah, yeah. but there was that, that little line. They're working for somebody who was trying to get a sample of her blood. So mm. that could be the next, that's obviously going to be the next sort of catalyst for whatever, whatever we see next. Yeah, well, nothing surprised me more than um, sort of reading some stuff after I'd watched the episode that the fact that I didn't, they weren't called the Wrecking Crew in the show. No one referred to them as that. Um, that or that group that I saw that tried to mug her and that are kind of working for someone else. Uh, mm. This Wrecking Crew are a, are an established group of some description uh, in the source material. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I did. I didn't get that feeling that they were anybody. That they were. I just thought they were henchmen. But at the same time. Having not known that they were a group, I really liked their introduction because at the start they did seem not so much like, oh, by chance, here's a woman and we're a bunch of guys that just want to rob somebody and you're an easy target. They were there because they thought they were doing some kind of civic duty. You're this monster. You're this superhero, this unwanted, super-powered person, and we're going to end you for whatever reason. Or there was that plus a little bit of chauvinism going, hey, well, you're this, you're, you're a female hog. What makes you think that blah, blah, blah? And then they get into this fight and then at the end, it's like, oh no, they were there for a purpose. And and I, yeah. I, I like that. And also the fact, oh, did you just rob that? Well, actually, no, yeah, we did. But also her side of it, like you said, you loved the bit at the end where she looks at her reflection and goes, ooh, oh, okay, this is what this feels like. This is what it could be. I liked it at the start where they start to harass her and start grabbing at her arms and she starts to freak out because why wouldn't yes. she? And then she realizes, oh, hang on, no, I'm actually She's like, indestructible. yeah, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Vroom, just hulks out. So, yeah. like it's it, That was great. This episode, different to two, is different to one and it's much more episodic and, mm. you know, the different tonal shifts, blah, blah, blah. But the one constant, obviously, is her. I don't know what else would have to happen in this show to, for me to go, I'm done because I am watching every minute, every second because of her. I would I would watch this show. That, you know, they, they say, oh, this actor's so good. I would watch him read the phone book. I would watch her just sit around having conversations with people. I don't Absolutely. need any of this other shit because she... I don't know. There's just... You, know, you see actors that join these sort of roles that oh, you just... 
you think you're in a different genre or that you think a certain way about this genre and that's how you're playing it and you're dumbing it down to this audience. Whereas I think she really understands the assignment, both as Jennifer yeah. Walters and as She-Hulk. And, you know, okay, sometimes maybe the CGI, the Uncanny Valley stuff lets her down a little bit, but you can see past that because mm. of the way that she is promoting this character from behind a suit full of yeah. balls and a little headset, you know, going on. Exactly what you were just saying. Like that episode two, that scene of her and her paralegal just sitting on the couch being miserable because she couldn't get a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could I could have watched half an hour of that. Yeah. That was that was fantastic. And then what you were saying about the wrecking crew is I didn't actually peg them as the wrecking crew um, at first either until the one guy drops like a ball and chain mm. and he's hanging... Because that's one of the guys from the Wrecking Crew. like He's like Wrecking Ball or whatever. Right. And then when they get into the... And I was like, no. The whole scene, I'm going, they're not. They're not doing this. <laughs> they're not doing it. Like, and then right at the end, when they get back in the van, he calls him... I don't know. Fucking... It, they've got the stupidest names. Like, the lead guy is literally just Wrecker. Yeah, but then right. one of them's like Thunderball or something. Like, the guy with the ball. <laughs> and, he's thund- and he literally calls him like Thunderball or whatever. And I had to Google it and be like... Oh my god, it is the Wrecking Crew. I'm so mm. excited. But yeah, you're right. I could watch Tatiana Maslany do this role just for like hours. It's so good. Yeah. It's so interesting. I mean, this the 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 twerking and like post credits, I was like, okay, alright. That's that's for somebody. Um, <laughs> only because they set the bar so high in the first episode with Captain America Fox. Like, to me, it's like, I don't know how they're ever going to top that. Like, I don't know how anything MCU from from forever, from now on, <laughs> is ever going to top someone getting cut off screaming Captain America fucks. Like, on a, on a Disney Plus show of all things. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't think that can be beat. I, yeah. I, I honestly don't think it can be beat. But yeah, that was, that was some wild fun. I do think you could probably play a fun drinking game and get absolutely sloshed. And it's just basically, every time they say Megan the Stallion... Drink. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Episode. Yeah, that was the thing that got me. Like, I yeah, I could have done with it. I'm not. I'm not on Twitter complaining about She Hulk. I uh, sorry, the the twerking. I'm not on there going. Oh well, we started here and now we're here. Mm. I like, mean, it was it was eight seconds of vision after the credits. Who yeah. cares? I tapped like, out at the very first dance that I can remember uh, in the MCU, which was Tony Stark dancing at the beginning of Iron Man three while he was tinkering with his um. Uh, the suit that could break apart and fly. And he's there dancing while it's flying around the room, connecting to his arms. Oh, and he's just that's right. he, he's dancing to himself and just smiling to himself and like clapping his hands and doing little turns. And then when the final piece, you know, is coming at him upside down, the faceplate, and he does a jump as it connects to him and he lands and he does the sort of superhero landing and he says to no one but himself, I'm the best. That like I don't really dig Iron Man three, but that told me right at the start. It was kind of like when you watch Indiana Jones four, and the Paramount logo disappears, and the little CGI, um, not hamster, but you know, some kind of like I don't know, what is it? Some kind of rodent. Uh, I can't remember where it was set. Pops oh, out. Yeah, it's been a while. Some CGI animal pops out of the CGI sand mound, and I was like, oh my god, what do you like? You just got a bad feeling at the start. I get a bad feeling in Iron Man three because I like yeah. this character. I like how full of himself that he is. I like that he would do that in front of other people. I don't know that he does that by himself to the audience of the movie that's watching. Yeah, um, yeah. That just seemed a bit off for me. So 
yeah, yeah. Like the- that would have made more sense in Iron Man 2 because I feel like and this this is what this show feels like to me yes. is the party scene from Iron Man 2 yes. where he's drunk in the suit with the mask open destroying watermelons mm. that that's what She-Hulk is that yeah. <laughs> that's that's this show and it's and like they, that they scene saying- from Iron Man 3 belonged at, in that yeah. part and they keep saying, oh, you know, Iron Man did this and now we're here. And it's like, Iron Man pissed his own suit because he was so drunk at a party. Yeah. That was also played for laughs. Now we're cutting yeah. to a, a character, you know, twerking and all that. And it's like, oh, yeah. that's, no, that's not on. And it's Iron like, well, Man got hung over uh, after drinking after that party and land in a giant donut lad mascot outside <laughs> a donut shop and passed out in the giant ring. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. But I agree. Like I, I could have done without that. But again, I'm not offended. But I don't care. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It, and I'm, I'm just glad that it was a post-credit thing. I think if that's somehow forced yeah. to be part of the actual episode, it, it's really weird. A tonal shift that I think would have been a bit too much. But yeah, I if they were the trying same... to like get Megan the Stallion to testify. Yeah. For or against them in the case, and the only way they could do it is she's like, well, I'll do that if. You twerk with me. Yeah, we'll like, do it for no, TikTok. If me no, and the She-Hulk get to dance for TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I, but um, as an end credits scene, it's fine. It's a bit yeah. of fun. If you don't like it, you can skip past it and it doesn't hurt anybody. But the drinking game does really make a lot of sense because I found myself doing that. Like, do you have to, like, Megan the Stout? It's such a big, it's such a, like, it's a, it, it pops that name, right? Yeah. And I don't know Megan the Stallion from a bar of soap. I, I, I heard her name thrown around. Was it maybe the Grammys this year or something? I don't, like, yeah, I can honestly that one say. Song. Did she do WAP or was that. No, I feel like that was. um. Is that Nicki Minaj? Was she maybe? Did she feature Nicki in it? Minaj See, or... God, we're, I'm, we're both sounding yeah. like you know mid to late thirty year old white men, but at the same time, I, I just know the, the the fun part is is what they say basically between like old white guys like us and mm. the kids know that it's not Megan the Stallion, it's Megan the Stallion because it's spelled T H double E. I'm always unsure. I'm like, pre- is it spelled V? But is it is it said the? I don't know. I'm getting very nervous every time I say it right now. But <laughs> yeah, like they did mention it a lot and it was such a random, it was like, oh, she was, I, I knew she was in it in the twerking scene because I'd read about it online for a couple of days. But then when Pug or whoever first mentions it and it's like, oh, Megan the Stallion. Yeah, she, and she did like, whack oh, with the- Cardi B. Right, okay, there you go. Cardi B, I said Nicki Minaj. Cardi B it was, yeah. I'm, I'm absolutely yeah. crushing she also this. She was also on... Um, Savage. She did Savage featuring Beyonce. Right. Seems to be more her music that I'm totally to familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. They just yeah kept the, like the idea. Of, this is the person that the elf is is ripping off, and then everything else that was going on, and it just it reminded me uh, of what Australian soaps do it a lot, whether you're home and aways or you're formerly neighbours, where they would have a cameo, right? They would have a cameo in. of like a growing. Uh, Australian artist who's maybe had one kind of hit song and then within that Australian soap as part of a promo with that musician's uh, music label they in I don't know what the local diner or down at the beach club or something they go oh did you know that 
blah blah artist is coming to town. Oh my god, I love blah blah artist. Oh, when does blah blah artist arrive? And then the entire cast is down there clapping along like they know every word, as if this person who's on some kind of meteoric rise in our real world would decide to go and do a free Thursday afternoon gig at three thirty at the local coffee shop. Like that never happens, but it's a yeah. big deal to this show. Almost as natural as when Ed Sheeran uh, did his bit on Game of Thrones. Well, at least he was playing a different character, right? Like that that did stood that did stand yeah, out. That's but at least true. he was that's playing true. a different character. Whereas in this it was like, guys, we've gotten Megan the Stallion. And I'm like, okay, cool. I feel like this and maybe I just don't appreciate the stallion, right? Maybe they that's it. But I feel like that sort of emphasis and repetitive nature of of, of saying her name and even mm. the bit maybe the bit at the end, maybe not, if it was Taylor Swift. Adele, Beyonce, Billie Eilish, like somewhere where I think transcends whatever type of music she's making. I'm not into whatever Megan the Stallion's making. I don't know Megan the Stallion. Yeah. I work for a commercial radio station. We don't play any of Megan the Stallion's music. Yeah, no, you you weren't playing WAP on, uh, no, on your breakfast show. No, we can't even play that edited version, right? But like, kind of everyone knows Beyonce. Yeah, kind of everyone yeah, yeah. knows Taylor Swift. Kind of everybody knows Adele, right? I would even say Billie Eilish is probably still cracking other boundaries where the those other three that I just mentioned aren't. They're, they've sort of transcended their own genre yeah. or even even music itself in, in a way. So I feel like if if that's who it was it'd be it'd make a little bit more sense but it was kind of like they were the show is really small and it's in a very small pocketed cinematic universe on a very small streamer and the only way that we can get into the eyes of bigger and better people and more people is by including someone huge that's uh, Megan the Stallion now maybe that's part of the joke but I don't think Megan the Stallion's coming on if you're using her as a as a uh, as a punchline and she's not supposed to know about it. So, it, like, you know, it's fine. It was it is funny when you think about the yeah. fact that She Hulk and her people, her friend of her, is defending someone against being uh, catfished essentially by a, an yeah. elf from the world of New Asgard who's impersonating a real life singer that just happens to exist one and the same within this cinematic universe. It's ridiculous. It's fun. It just, you're right. It just seemed a bit, a little bit too much you know, of how much they kept saying her name. Do you know the only thing that I wished was a lot, slightly a little bit different just to add insult to injury for that douchebag guy is I kind of wish they pulled like a, a boys type thing or even I feel like if Taika Waititi had directed this episode, no. you know for a fact that elf would have been a dude. He would have absolutely <laughs> yeah. been a dude posing as Megan the Stallion. That would have been funny. But then yeah, I think yeah. for this show, they're like, oh, look, we don't want it to come off as homophobic or anything like that, that he would mm. be discussed. They wanted to make it the, the joke more about the catfish, whereas I think if they did that, it would it would turn into, oh, he's disgusted by the idea of yeah, yeah, another yeah, dude. Fair enough. Yeah. Whereas to me, I'm just like, I think it would be even funnier if it was just this just... Real, like, they kind of did it by making him like an older, older elf, but it's like, it was just like just this... Fat, like out of shape, greasy, disgust, like, like basically Thor when he got fat, like yeah. in, in Endgame, <laughs> like that, that, that's who the shapeshifter turned into yeah. in his real form. I think, and he's posing as Megan the Stallion. That would have tickled me personally, but it would have been a harder line for them to walk, I think. And like we said last week, this show already after two weeks, it was showing that it's there to not, not that it's its sole purpose, but I guess 
just what kind of character she is, the world that she uh, lives in, the work that she does, it can be something that plays around with a lot of different little pockets within the MCU. So the idea here, Mm. someone that exists only in her world, all of a sudden he's been duped by an elf. What's an elf? Have we really dealt with them before other than the Dark Elves? Well, they're kind of part of New Asgard. What's New Asgard again? Oh, that's the whole thought. Yeah, yeah. Well... Now they're just dealing in like essentially, you know, felonies and crimes of some description within our within our normal MCU world. And yeah, they have to be tried just like any other regular criminal. Like it seemed ridiculous that you had an elf like actually still there, just like listening to what the judge was saying and then, you know, being ready to fully mm. go to jail. And, and I'm like, oh, how do, you, how do you like that's obviously why we need a character like She-Hulk doing the, the superhuman law division sort of side of stuff. But just the idea that this world now has to deal with that. I guess it's kind of in the same way that post blip. Well, in not that we have to hear about it in every show, but there are so many different ways that people were affected by the blip. Well, this show gives us, there's so many different ways for all these other aliens or different characters or different worlds that now have to just interact with whatever earth looks like now in 2020 five or whatever it is in the yeah. uh, in the actual MCU I think it, timeline. I think in a way it's, it's a natural progression like in the same way the original Daredevil series and even Spider-Man Homecoming dealt with the fallout for just the everyday person that yeah. has to deal with like just the random destruction of their of where they're living and and what the the back end of all that is like it's like well after something as big as the blip and having like refugees from another planet realm world Mm. thing now immigrating to earth and living in norway it's like what does that actually mean for the real world logistics of how things are going on so it's like it's it's just a natural progression of you know of just the wild crazy nature of comic book tv shows and movies well you think yeah like you said with daredevil that was such a backbone of of season one was that there was some destruction that all of a sudden created real estate opportunities. And that was how Kingpin was rising up through like and gaining power was taking control of all the destruction from this giant alien invasion film where you had this huge blockbuster and giant ships fighting superheroes. It's like, yeah, but in the end, it's some rubble on the ground and the guy's going to be, we're going to talk about real estate. Yes. You know what you love in your superhero <laughs> comic stuff, real estate drama, but it, it was like, it made for some dark television because of, you know, it's kind of like you watch Yellowstone. It's about land, but that's the world that it's set in here. It's superheroes and spacefaring shit. Like, but also that can make that interesting. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it like overall, like three episodes in, I think I'm feeling the same way as you. It's just, I'm, I get excited to watch it, whether or not it's to see what the Twitter discourse wants to tear into it about, or it's, you know, how nervous I make my wife, how nervous I'm going to make myself by making her watch it with me. But <laughs> I also, I'm just like, you know, I, I, I cannot get enough of Tatiana Maslane. Yeah. Just reading lines. Like, I Mate. just think she's, she's, She's killing it. The her timing, a comedy is, is so good. I'm there straight away. I'm just, like I'm there a day early. It's happened two weeks in a row now because <laughs> oh, yeah, because I'm right. so used to Disney shows dropping on either a Wednesday or a Friday. Two weeks in a row, I dropped down on a Wednesday, had dinner ready to go, ready to press play, and the new episode's not out yet because I remember it drops on a Thursday, and I'm like, God damn it! Well, 
So that won't be a problem you have for many more weeks because soon to come in what two, two weeks time you're going to get that Rogue One prequel that you were always asking for, Matty. Oh, so you're going to have Star Prince Wars on Caspian. Wednesdays. Prince right? That's it. Yeah, mate. How good are we eating? I was just saying it to my brother today. We are as geeks. We are eating so well right now. Like uh, apart from like the Absolutely. full series that have dropped, like Sandman last month and stuff. You know, well loved graphic novel. Blah blah blah. We get, on Australia Days anyway, we get Monday, we get new Game of Thrones. Wednesday, we're going to get new Star Wars. Thursday, we're getting new Marvel. Friday, we're getting new Lord of the Rings. And it's just like, what is happening yeah. right now? Like, I mean, I'm plus on Fridays, there's new Star Trek with uh, Lower Decks um, coming back as yep. well. Rick and Morty's um, out again, the new stuff for that. Rick Not and that Morty I dropped. That, but, um, you know. I, oh, I hate watch it. But yeah, I watched the new episode and it's, it's getting better. <laughs> there's actual, co- they're getting to the point now where there's consequences, which is good. Um, right. And then, yeah, like, RuPaul's Drag Race is like three series going on at the moment, and they're dropping, like, Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays, and stuff like that. So it's... Wait, is that is that Marvel or DC? What's, what's... <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race? No, neither. <laughs> neither. It's... <laughs> yeah, no. Very, that's very, just, very that's spoiled just like a yeah very spot i know we're very uh we're very lucky but you know and then it just at twitter all of a sudden it's like ah unleash the hate everyone's got something to complain about i did have two things for you quickly before we go one someone pointed out to me online every episode has a qr code in it somewhere in the episode oh. and if See, you i knew they were doing that for for shows last year but i actually hadn't noticed it this time around moon knight were doing it sorry but i hadn't noticed oh. it Okay, uh, I didn't. Yet. I hadn't heard. This is the first time I've heard about it. Only because mm. I noticed it when Pug is watching a video online, and there's a little QR code on the YouTube video he's watching. And right. apparently, yeah, if you take, if you hit those QR codes, it takes you to a special Marvel website that they've set up, and it has like a She-Hulk comic, like whether it's just a panel from a comic or awesome. a comic book cover and stuff like that, and takes you back and is almost like teaching the kids, like this mm. is what we're referencing. This is all the stuff we're doing. So I That's thought that was great. worth mentioning. And also, I'm interested to see whether... Because I don't think they've mentioned it yet. The prison that Abomination is in. It's obviously mm. not the raft. Because we know that's out no. in the ocean. And that's yeah. on the east coast. Whereas we're on the west coast. I know there's the vault. Like from the comics, I remember there being the vault and the cube. Were two mm. um, prisons as well. But they were run by S.H.I.E.L.D. And obviously S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't exist in the MCU anymore at the moment. And this isn't being running by sword either. This is definitely this new entity we're being introduced to, Damage Control, who we were in- with mm, Ms. Marvel. Because mm. you do see at one point when there's like the reporters are talking at the front of the prison, you do see um, DODC, Department of Damage Control. So Department of Damage Control yeah. is obviously running whatever this prison is. But I don't know if it's just a prison they've created for themselves or with, or whether at any point we'll find out that it's the cube. Going to get a name drop. The cube drop, yeah. or the vault or anything like that. I'm not sure, but... Just something to keep an eye on, I guess. Oh, and talking about things as well, little uh, little things like QR code. I we we really need to start pausing this show more. I mean, we we struggled after episode two. We had to read online and then go back, you know. But you know, when she was looking for jobs, we saw mm. a reference to Wolverine, or at least someone that fought with metal claws. So join the dots, and also the fact that they referenced the Eternals, the first Marvel property since Eternals, to actually make reference to the fact that there's a giant 
humanoid figure sticking out of the middle of the ocean here in um, Wong where they uh, was it the <gasps> friend that pulled up Wong's profile yes. like what his Tinder profile essentially and uh, it said that his like list of job history right now he's a Sorcerer Supreme he was previously the chief librarian at um, Comitage. Uh, Comitage and prior to that he was a um, a salesperson at Target. I love that. That's <laughs> canon. Wong used to work at Target. So, that is canon. It's so good. I like that he made the jump straight from Target into company. Maybe that's yeah. it. Maybe he was sick of stacking shelves and he's went, you know, searching for himself and um, uh, and uh, found the I ancient one. I love that one. so much. That's canon. Like Wong so, used to work at yeah. Target. I, I love that. Yeah. So much. It's so good. And it's just like a tiny little detail. It's like if you, if you don't see it, it doesn't mean anything. Wong, yeah. that'll never come up in anything to do with Wong, but we do see it, and it's just like, that's funny. Yeah. And not funny that it breaks the show. It doesn't break... Ca- no, canon. it doesn't, doesn't ruin that character. What Wong is, it just adds a bit of flavor yeah. to it, you know? Doctor and- Strange, before he was Sorcerer Supreme, was a surgeon. You know? Yeah. Wong had to have had a job at some point. He worked at Target. I fucking yeah. love that so much. And he's also above the law. I like the idea that he comes in, he goes, yeah, I'll let the abomination out, no worries. And they're like, okay, cool. So I guess you're off the hook because you came back when you didn't have to and you were forced to leave in the first place. Wong's like, sweet, okay, done here. And they're like, yeah, but you just admitted to um, breaking a criminal out of a maximum security prison. He's like, yeah, got to go. And just ducks through it. I'm like, is that it for consequences for him? Because you'll never catch him. But also, like, how how does this work? This is is a superhuman law division, this show. This is what She-Hulk's working with. Does he get prosecuted? What's going? I don't want him to, obviously, but yeah. it's just fun. So um, it did. It did answer a little question from uh, Shang Chi as well. In that, I guess we as an audience all kind of assumed that Wong was doing some kind of rehabilitation for Abomination. Like the mm, the vibe mm. we all got is like, oh, he's letting him out for some exercise so they can beat the crap out of each other, have a good fight, and then or he's just a mad gambler. Yeah. But then we find out now it's like, oh no, it's um, it was just a test that he had to go through to become Sorcerer Supreme. He just yeah. he just needed some badass guy to fight, and he chose Abomination. Yeah. And then Abomination happily went, "Okay, we're done now. I'll go back to my prison cell." Yeah, yeah I kind yeah, of yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah, man, me too. So, mates, a day before She Hulk episode four comes out, happy hunting, and hopefully, I'm watching it live with you because I don't want Twitter to ruin <laughs> this for me. We'll set up one of those screening parties, those weird screening. Oh, party let's things. do it! Yeah, yeah, I haven't done that with She Hulk yet. Yeah, you'll just get annoyed about about the amount of times I have to pause it. So. Let's do it after the kids go to bed. <laughs> okay, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I'll watch it. I'll watch it when yeah. it drops at six, and then we'll you do a screening party at like at like eight thirty nine when you get a chance to watch it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll be down for that. All right, it's a date. Get into geek.